know there is much we can learn from each other if we can negotiate a truce. We can find a way to coexist. Can there be a peace between us? what they're planning to do. They're like locusts. They're moving from planet to planet. Their whole civilization. After they've consumed every natural resource, they move on. And we're next. Kyle Style Podcast, episode number 70, Visions of the Apocalypse, Alien Menace. So we've gone deep, we've gone left, we've gone right here on a Kyle Style Podcast, especially when we're talking about the apocalypse and all of its various forms. But uh, some think that this particular uh, set of visions or predictions imagery are outlandish or unbelievable they might be right however we have not quite i'm not quite sure what has happened here there's all of these i've seen that there's a bunch of these documentaries that exist that definitively show extraterrestrials of various kinds most with nefarious aims uh at looking at trying to dominate humanity, or sometimes just destroy the entire planet. Now, I, I'm assuming that, uh, that that we might even be right now victims of some kind of alien time machine device, because you have all of these books and movies that document, you know, these documentaries that show you various times that the Earth has been invaded and how each time they're repelled by brave humans, very often Americans, although that might just be a coincidence. And so I want to run through some of them so that you can prepare yourself to uh, face this uh, this asterisk, this cosmic uh, devil that could pop up at any time, uh, at least according to these uh, sources that I'm looking at. So before we dive in, though... Make sure to head over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design, and you can pick up some of my original artwork on things like phone cases, book covers, shirts, and prints, and you'll have some original human-created artwork in your life, and it will uh, enrich it thusly. 
or you just head over to the GoFundMe page, throw me a couple of dollars. It's much appreciated because I'm supported by listeners like you. Uh, of course, human listeners. I don't, I don't want any aliens listening to this. So, the alien menace. You know, we, we have these... There's been a long tradition of uh, man looking up to the night sky and anticipation of what it is, what, what's out there, right? And sometimes these creatures come down to Earth and they are like, uh, well, the documentary E.T., right? They're sort of, they're nightmarish to look at, but they are, they are good moral creatures and they have our best interests at heart and they're, they can be trusted. But as far back as, well, um, 1898 was the first documented case of, uh, of extraterrestrials from Mars coming to Earth and waging war. And I'm not quite sure why we haven't been, why we haven't attacked Mars since then. Maybe they were completely defeated. I'm not sure why we haven't retaliated, but, um, H.G. Wells documented these events in uh, 1898 in a book that's just called War of the Worlds, and it describes how uh, these Martian uh, bastards come down in these uh, metallic tripods that walk around with a de alien death rays, and they just start devastating the English countryside, and I can only assume the rest of the world as well. Um, and this has been... This has been documented different times and different places and different ways, but, uh, you know, they were eventually overcome because human beings have evolved to live on this planet surrounded by all of the deadly microbes and, and germs and everything that are here. And they, they, couldn't, they couldn't hack it, right? And so it wasn't our military might or even our craftiness that defeated them. It was just the, the natural flora and fauna of the earth. So that was a reprieve, right? Now, here we are just acting like this didn't happen, and we're just completely vulnerable, right? I mean, are the Martians going to come back and attack us again? I mean, how many times do we have to go through this? So, you know, be sure to let your congressman and everybody know that you're taking this threat seriously. Now, we have had, according to, again, this, this I, I included a playlist of these documentaries and things, and I'll include some links to some of the historical texts that document our encounters with these creatures because uh, sometimes we just encounter individual creatures, right? And they're they're not necessarily a threat, you know, in terms of visions of the apocalypse. They, they really aren't apocalyptic, although they are terrifying and destructive. And if you were to scale up the number, it could reach apocalyptic levels fairly quickly. Now, one of the, one of the more horrific encounters... Uh, occurred in uh in this film a uh, alien is simply called alien you know it's fitting and they encounter the the brave crew uh of this ship the nostromo encounter this creature who is dripping with goo and he's he's black as night and uh she it's it, actually it's a queen right it's a female just starts killing everybody and there's nothing they can do to stop it except for one intrepid uh woman who is able to defeat the the alien monster. Now, this this uh, this further documents again. This is like in the future, so I'm not sure how we have this documentary. It's what I'm trying to explain that we might be currently under some kind of alien 
time fragmentation device and we're currently being invaded or we're trapped in something i'm not quite sure but uh we encounter these creatures again in the future and again it's only human bravery and tenacity that is able to overcome these sort of mindless uh, killing machines but they never reach a level where they're uh you know actually like invading the earth and and swarming over us um we, we stay safe from these creatures because we were able to stop them every time we encounter them. So on the one hand, they are to be considered a threat, but they're they're apparently ineffective at really dominating us, right? And it's the same with this other uh, creature. It's known as the Predator. And I'm, I'm not sure when in his career he did this, but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governator, was uh, in some kind of special forces recon team and ended up in the jungle and encountered this uh, nightmarish creature. I mean, it's like something out of Stan Winston's imagination. Uh, It it was this reptilian, uh, slit-faced beast that could turn itself invisible. It could hide in the jungle. It had like a laser blaster, but it was primal. It preferred to hunt its uh, victims, right? Like prey. It's what they called him Predator. And he met his match, of course, in the form of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Again, a brave human warrior is able to overcome them by with tenacity and matching their ferocity, right? And, and the the Predators, uh, we know a little bit more about them from some other documentaries that came later, but we don't know that much. And they, they've never attacked us, you know, and tried to invade us, right? So they definitely belong in this, uh, in this uh, sort of introduction here because, again, if they were scaled up, if there was millions of them they very well could pose a very clear and present danger to all human life at least on earth right and again that should be taken seriously um you had another interesting one that uh you know because war of the worlds uh was the really a documenting of how the aliens invaded england right specifically england is where the story or the where the narrative comes from uh but so you have this uh this film uh, attack the block now these tenacious young young people in this uh suburban uh british uh town they live in a uh high rise and the creatures are like black as night and they they don't seem to have any rhyme or reason to their behavior they're just hunting people down and these brave young people again are able to overcome this enemy uh maybe before they could grow and expand and become a real threat to you know human civilization all all the more to my point that we need to be prepared for these you know these extraterrestrial devils right now they aren't always creatures they're 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 not necessarily like uh have a physical structure uh in 1958 there's this documentary um called the blob and really it's just that this this asteroid apparently uh comes down and it uh, has this creature in it i don't even know if it's alive right it just keeps expanding and it's just devouring everything and expanding larger and larger and again band of tenacious young americans are able to defeat it but we can't just rely on this method we can't just rely on individual americans stepping up uh with no knowledge of these things and overcoming this every time it comes up it's just reckless right 
And never mind what the rest of the world does. I mean, what if Russia was able to harness one of these uh, extraterrestrials and use it against us, the Chinese? I mean, come on. We need to be a little more forward-thinking about these things. So those are our first contacts in, in certain cases that we've had with these violent, dangerous creatures. Now, the real threat here, again, is we got to reach, we got to get to an apocalyptic level and be able to explain this so that we can get our lawmakers to take this stuff seriously. So you have what I call the infiltrators, and this has been documented a bunch of different times. Um, you had, um, well, 1994, there's a documentary called Puppet Masters, which shows these particularly creepy parasitic uh, creatures. They kind of look like stingrays, and they attach to the back of your neck, and they take over your body, and they drive you around. Um, Donald Sutherland helped defeat them, as well as Keith David. This must have been before they had really started their acting careers, or maybe they took time off, because, you know, they are famous actors, but they must have been fighting aliens on the side. Now, this is interesting because it shows a uh, disparity between the the sense that we are all humans and we are all thinking the same way and it allows them to you know kind of take possession of us right that's why i'm going to call them extraterrestrial demons or devils right they they may be you know subverting our very souls and our very bodies and driving us to make decisions they want right it's like a possession okay so that's something to be aware of these things are that clever now uh this has been documented as well in uh, 1978 in The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which also starred Donald Sutherland. So he he must have, it fe or it featured Donald Sutherland rather. So he must have been doing that. He's been fighting aliens a long time is what I'm, is what I'm getting at. And an Invasion of the Body Snatchers involves some kind of, it, it might not even be that conscious. It's sort of a... a a parasite that floats on asteroids and comets and floats down and lands. And the documentary specifically is about the San Francisco as they attempt to combat this uh, encroaching uh, plant-like clone that's happening. So basically this, this uh, wispy, almost fungus gets on you and it copies your DNA, and it grows a copy of you in a pod, and then it sort of dissolves your real body away, leaving behind a duplicate that looks just like you, and it thinks just like you, but it has something wrong. There's no soul, essentially. It sort of leaves behind this golem, and yet it compels everyone to act and help and be part of spreading this thing. You know, even Leonard Nimoy wasn't immune to it, uh, and it's it's very uh, it's very troubling. You love your loved ones just get replaced one day, and you can't tell quite what's wrong. And then you know, then you get replaced, and then your friends like, well, hey, where you, did you figure that thing out that was wrong with your your husband or your wife? And you go, no, everything's fine. And now they're like, hmm, well must be nothing then you turn them into a clone and, and on and on it goes and if you do this slowly or carefully enough no one will ever know it will just slowly creep around and take over the entire planet now at that point 
that is kind of like everybody's dead. When everybody on Earth has been replaced by some kind of creepy uh, alien replicant copies, boom. That's that's kind of the end of humanity, right? Think about it. But I don't know if these creatures are still active or if they were defeated. You know, a lot of times these documentaries cut off in the middle of the story, so you're, you're not quite sure how it resolved. Uh, moving forward here, uh, see another infiltrator. This was a kind of a uh, amphibious uh, slithering horror uh, in this uh, film, The Faculty. And this was very similar. They maybe have traded strategies with each other. We don't even know, right? It, it, it was a infiltration of a... It started at an American high school. These, cre- these creatures started uh, taking over the bodies and copying the bodies of the teachers at the school, the authority figures, and then slowly uh, turning the children into you know these aliens and starting to spread outward further and further. And again, a, a, a ragtag group of young Americans uh, muster their bravery and their fighting skills in order to overcome these beasts. But again, it's just so close. You know, they very nearly pull it off, these these creatures. And then where would we be? You wouldn't be listening to me, you know, tell you about this threat, right? So there's, we keep locking out where we just keep holding back these, these hordes, right? So, uh, again, the faculty, uh, John Stewart was there. Um, <clears throat> the T-1000 from Terminator was there. Josh Hartnett and Frodo were there. I'm not sure how they get to and from all these alternate universes because they're very clearly distinct different universes. But uh, Josh Hartnett, of course, later went on uh, to be a hero uh, in Somalia. So, you know, he learned he, that was maybe a tipping point for him. He knew he had to learn how to fight and go on after that. But uh, but I digress. We've seen, again, this this almost belongs in the first uh, section, but it's another infiltrator. Uh, it was, I think, Ice Station Zebra in uh, Antarctica. And this was just called, titled The Thing. And The Thing uh, had, again, Keith David was there. So he's had a, a pretty long career of fighting these creatures. And that was 1982. So again, these, these different time periods, there's different types of creatures just constantly arriving right it's just out of control how many of them are our borders are porous and we have no way of controlling uh how these whether these creatures are coming in we ha- we can't vet them at all you know it's just irresponsible uh but the thing is a is a horrific uh creature there's this really graphic uh footage of it metamorphosizing after it's taken over a a, a sled dog i can only imagine uh, with a kind of horror it would be if you were having that thing take over your body and it again assumes the identity of the host that it uh, that it takes over and this just is incredibly problematic right we can't be we can't have these creatures running willy-nilly luckily in this case uh, Keith David and Kurt Russell were able to defeat this creature but again we can't just keep leaving this kind of thing up to chance we need known methods to vet these creatures and determine their intentions so when they arrive, it's, it's usually a matter of how long it is or how far along their agenda is. Some of these stories, we, we're aware of what their agenda is very early on. Uh, 
Charlie Sheen was also, uh, it's part of what I think. I think that he might have been destroyed partially because of his uh, battle with these creatures. Um, in 1996, it was called The Arrival. And he discovers that global warming is actually an alien planetary uh, terraforming project to make the Earth more uh, hospitable to these alien creatures. And they, again, they're infiltrators. They are, they, they uh, have de devices that kind of cloak outer layers of their bodies in this, uh, in a skin that makes them appear like a normal human. And they then go about the business of subverting our technology and our, uh, our civilization, taking over authority figure uh, positions and that kind of thing. And they, again, came very close to, you know, killing Charlie Sheen, preventing the spread of the information about their existence and their ultimate goals. And we came very, very close once again to complete destruction at the hands of these, uh, you know, extraterrestrial devils, right? And again, sometimes sometimes these things are so convincing they can take kind of take us unawares, right? There's the there's this documentary series called V from 1983 that documents the arrival of these they were alien creatures, but they look they looked just like us. You know, they arrived and they came out and they looked just like us and it's wow, you know? And they convince people to join up with them and, you know, you know, go back to their home world with them, that kind of thing. And then we find out the grisly truth, which is that they are actually reptilian. They're, they are, they are reptilian scum underneath their outer skin. They are these predatory creatures. And I'm a, I can only assume that they get great delight from feasting on our flesh, but, um, no, these creatures came very close again to, they, they duped the entire world. They, they were like, hey, they're not hiding even. They, you know, they, they're hiding their appearance, but they're not hiding, uh, you know, that they're aliens, right? And uh, they, they again came very close. And again, uh, brave human warriors armed with the truth and a commitment to uh, maintaining human civilization uh, win the day. But again close call now one of the one of the more iconic uh, and memorable of these stories is something that uh is it's 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 re it's replicated in many different uh myths and things and it's just this idea that everything is not as it seems right and in some sense, everything, literally. You see this in the, uh, the Matrix uh, series of science fiction films where you just go about your day thinking that you're you and everything is fine and everything is kind of mundane and everything is the way that you, th that you think it is. Unless you're Roddy Roddy Piper in uh, the 1988 documentary, They Live. Now, this documentary centers around a specific piece of technology. He um, is able to, he finds these sunglasses. When you put on the sunglasses, they're not just normal sunglasses. You can now see past this sort of hologram that's being projected over everything by this alien 
uh, alien presence that has apparently occupied the earth for some time right they've they've occupied and dominated humanity for who knows how long right and what they do is they hide subliminal messaging in all of our advertisements billboards television uh they hide their appearance so they walk around but they just look like normal people but you put on these glasses and boom you can see them they look like a human that's been skinned right they look horrific as we would expect from some uh horrific horror from the from the darkness of space i mean what more do you expect uh but anyways again brave human warriors uh with this technology are able to identify the 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 evil creatures unfortunately they might have collaborators now you, you can forgive the some of the collaborators because they don't even know they don't even know that they're uh maybe the president is and is one of these creatures but you do have full-on species benedict arnold's they know that the aliens are there and they know that they can benefit by being on the alien side and they betray not just you know their friends and family they betray the entire species okay and i'm not quite sure i guess i'd leave it up to the listener's discretion what it is you would do with one of these complete turncoats because i can't i can think of very little more of a betrayal than selling out your entire species to for what some little technological you know baubles and trinkets from these from these soulless uh astral monsters no 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 it it can't be uh it can't be allowed but here's here's another thing they don't always all come with evil intentions um the earth apparently serves as a kind of it's just a a roaming proving ground of all these different species all coming here and all trying to make their way in the galaxy and god bless them i can't blame them for wanting to come here but this can lead to problems uh in 1997 there was this uh this interesting it was very sort of humorous uh, uh documentary called men in black and it it documents how our own government kind of keeps us in the dark about the existence of these creatures for some understandable reasons and they again are infiltrators a lot of them they have some different methods of, of blending in and they are here for various reasons they're seeking asylum they're seeking refuge they are you know maybe they don't even have a home planet to go home to anymore we are gracious enough to take them in and it's not always their fault but it can bring other problems with it uh, they sometimes they're smugglers maybe smugglers are stealing things from other species other species come and they know that we are har are harboring these people now they want to blow up the earth it can just go a lot of different ways and this was a case though where Will Smith was able to diffuse uh, some pretty intense situations. And, you know, with a lot of foreknowledge, this is kind of the kind of thing I'm talking about. We have an actual agency with specially trained agents that have special equipment, and they're given a lot of really good info and good intelligence. And they're able to get ahead of some of these crises so that it's not left up to average citizens like yourself and me to try to figure out what these creatures are, find their weaknesses, you know, find out whether they can replicate or infiltrate. We need to document these creatures on the way in, not wait for them to pop up 
and surprise us, you know, it's it's your family and mine, right? And, you know, it's just, it's irresponsible again, but Will Smith did a great job in that of, uh, of especially as a rookie in this agency, and, you know, he fought a very large and imposing uh, insect alien that was also intelligent, so intelligent insects, right? This is starting to get horrific, right? It's just, just terrifying. Now, the the hysteria around the alien invasion is is very tricky when it is uh, these, these infiltrator types, right? You have these these little creepy, uh, you know, sneaky, you know, replicators and infiltrators. It's another thing when you are facing them directly, and it's sort of like a stand-up fight, right? It's just a stand-up fight. Now, you've had... Sometimes it's not a bad... Like, let me back up. So, in 1938, um, it seems as though maybe the Martians invaded again, and Orson Welles uh, was able to coordinate the news reporting about this as they uh, the tripods came back and were engaged in a, a sort of a running gun battle with... U.S. military. This time it was it was in the United States, and again they were defeated. But um, I, 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 you know, how many times did they have to come back? Because again they came back again uh, in the early two thousands. This time Tom Cruise was fighting them, and again they must be slow learners because they're uh, they again succumbed to our our diseases but not after causing a whole lot of damage i mean i don't even know what the effect on gdp is alone never mind the loss of life and the just the trauma and disruption you know huge huge metallic tripods just uh, vaporizing everything in sight right uh, but these these kinds of knockdown drag out fights between pitched you know it's pitched battles right these are what apparently are a little more prevalent, and these are the very much more destructive, right? Now, so aside from the multiple Martian incursions known as the uh, you know War of the Worlds, there was again trying to sort this out. It seems as though again we might be in some kind of fractured reality because there's this series of books that documents uh, the an alien invasion by creatures what we call lizards and they invaded during uh or slightly before America's entrance into World War II and they kind of they they weren't expecting us to have this have our levels of technology that we have and this this book series was known as uh in the balance or, or well the world war series it was in the balance, tilting the balance, upsetting the balance, and striking the balance were the four books. And there are multiple historical figures who were involved in this. And so, again, there must be some reason why this isn't more widely known. Right? And they, you know, they had, these creatures had anticipated, they arrived with an entire fleet, and they had anticipated that we were, um, you know, that we were going to be in like the crusades right a couple of hundred years for they sent a probe ahead just like we would right some kind of a probe it took photos and things and what it had uh captured was 
you know, humans wearing chain mail and, and wielding swords. By their estimation, there's no way that in a couple of hundred years from that that we would have evolved, uh, you know, firearms and aircraft and that kind of thing. And ne never mind nuclear weapons, right? And so they descend on the Earth in the midst of our war amongst ourselves, not, ne not necessarily realizing that we would strike a peace with one another in order to kind of present a united front against this uh, overwhelmingly powerful enemy. But we, we have to we put up a good fight, right? And we make it so that it's not just a, a walkover. They don't just, you know, ramrod through everybody and wipe us all out. We, we give them what for. And we even have to ally, again, ally with the USSR. We actually ally with Nazi Germany in this timeline and take the fight to them. And this is one of those, uh, you know, as with something like Schindler's List or World War II, with you had with, like, Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers, I feel like this could be made into a very compelling uh, film series uh, with that, that good washed-out kind of color tone and everything and just kind of kind of integrate some of those you know those historical figures and maybe HBO could pick this up because as i recall it did inaccurate in an in, a, in an accurate way uh depict human sexuality in, in in the midst of all of this combat so it's a little racy right it would be good for a channel like HBO to make but anyways, of course, in that scenario, it's semi-apocalyptic, right? They wreak, these creatures arrive uh, with no indication of any kind of, uh, you know, uh, magnanimity or goodwill and go to war with us. It's very, very destructive, but we're able to kind of fight them to a standstill and move forward after the war, right? Now, these, these stand-up battles have at times gotten very very destructive very terrifying and again it's uh, just our brave men and women in combat who hold back the tide of these uh, interstellar you know nightmares so um, once again Will Smith I guess um, in his capacity as one of the men in black also was a fighter pilot in, uh, in this uh, documentary called Independence Day so 1996, apparently these creatures invaded. Now there's some connection there to the Roswell alien uh, crash, but uh, Jeff Goldblum helps him, and there's epic, epic air battles. You know, the the best that humanity has to put into the air, go head to head in dogfights against these massive flying saucers. And the the thing about these these this particular documentary shows a rather brutal destruction of city after city with these giant uh, fl alien flying saucers, with these giant death rays. They destroy the White House. They just destroy everything. Just city after city just falls to these giant laser blasts. And we they are exterminating us. It is their plan. And that's part of why I played that... Uh, that clip at the beginning of the episode because they might not necessarily intend to wipe us out. It's just a happenstance, right? It's just a happenstance that we're here. They want our planet and they're just going to wipe us out, right? It's sort of intergalactic colonialism, imperialism, and we're just in the way. 
Now we can go quietly into the night, as a, as a great president of ours once said, but um, we should we should learn this lesson because uh, even uh, the comedian Patrice O'Neill, I did a whole episode about uh, the Patrice O'Neill pilgrimage, he describes seeing the same documentary and that that is how it would be even now if the aliens arrived and they came down out of the clouds uh smoke and flames and they settled over new york city there would be traffic accidents and everybody would just stand slack-jawed in amazement at this occurrence that's happening and that that's sort of the most uh most poignant depiction of humanity's vulnerability and how again how unaware or unprepared we are for uh, an, an invasion of this kind. Now, we we ultimately are de- able to defeat them in this uh, in these air battles. They came back again just uh, just this last year, 2016, and we were able to having modified some of their technology. We were able to again stop them. This time, they came in a spaceship that was so massive that it disrupted the you know the seismic activity of the Earth and caused earthquakes and things. So again, we need to constantly be looking ahead and preparing for these uh, for these monsters. Now, in uh, another documentary from 2011, it it, it documented the uh, the ground campaign. That's very similar. These creatures arrive. And they're apparently like stealing our water to power their their crafts, and we have to send in the marines as they they start coming ashore all around the world. And we have to go to war with them. And again, it's just the grit and the the perseverance of our human warriors that defeats these creatures. Who And, and we send our men and women in there completely unprepared, right? They have no knowledge, no intelligence of these creatures, and they have to figure it out on their own. Luckily, they keep doing it, like I said. But... Uh, yeah, the, it's a very brutal fighting, and, you know, large portions of Los Angeles are destroyed. An important element in these uh, in these battles, in these wars that we keep having, is there's this key moment where our uh, intrepid warriors figure out the, the secret weak spot to the alien ships or to the aliens themselves, um, or we disrupt their communications, and then we have to spread the word. Right now, we know how to take them out. We've got to spread the word, and we use sometimes antiquated communication techniques that the uh, aliens don't know about. I can't jam, and we spread the word all around the world because we're, of course, the first ones to figure it out, and we help the rest of humanity fight back. And it's it's fairly obvious that if you were able to unite all of humanity in opposition to these uh, these twisted horrors that there'd be nothing that could overcome that. We have we have the tenacity, we have the adrenaline glands, you know, we have the brutality, we have the technology to fight back against these creatures. Now, sometimes these creatures seem to come from afar. They come from distant uh, universes or diff- distant galaxies, maybe. There was one occurrence... Uh, that's documented in the the film The Mist, where it's quite possibly our own military secret project, I think it was called Project Arrowhead, where possibly a portal is open to maybe another dimension or to maybe somewhere else in space, and this 
choking, blinding mist comes through. And in this mist are nightmarish, fast-growing, fast-evolving creatures that are similar to Earth creatures. Um, Some of them are like giant insects. Some of them are like giant, almost like dinosaurs. And a small group of people are forced to combat these things when they're not prepared. And uh, the ending is rather tragic for, for most of them. And and it goes to show you that you should, you know, you got to take this threat seriously and you should try to be prepared. Now, in, uh, in the previous episode of the Kyle Style Podcast, Visions of the Apocalypse, I covered kaiju. And the kaiju, uh, the... Most of those are alleged. There's no real proof of any of those actually destroying anything, but they do they'll potentially pose a threat. Now, uh, Cloverfield was potentially an extraterrestrial creature, right? The Cloverfield monster that rampaged through New York City. Now, just, uh, well, just last year, there was this film, uh, well, documentary called 10 Cloverfield Lane. And 10 Cloverfield Lane showed off uh, John Goodman's immense, amazing uh, underground uh, fallout shelter. And he was prepared for a variety of different disasters and, and calamities. He would be in a pretty good position in, in, in most of these scenarios that I've explored on this podcast. Uh, running water, aquaponic system, very heavy doors you know, strict ethic about not letting more people in. He even had some company down there, and they were prepared to ride it all out. But um, for some reason, it seems that these these other the other uh, inhabitants of his shelter were just incredibly like selfish and stuff, and they they just had to leave, you know, and just cause nothing but destruction. And of course, on the outside, they come to find that. There's not just an, you know, an alien army. The aliens are using poison gas, right? So think about that. We might use bioweapons or chemical weapons. Aliens can use chemical weapons too, right? So again, gas mask, that kind of thing, could make you prepared, just like uh, John Goodman was in uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. So that one was surprising little uh, little find. I didn't expect it to be so kind of detailed and... Uh, be about that specifically. So let's get back to knock down, drag out fight. And this is this is where we're going to get to where I'm talking about. We might be under the influence of this, uh, you know, uh, dimension fragmentation uh, uh, device that these extraterrestrials are using on us because we we have this futuristic documentary. Again, maybe it comes from the future. I'm not sure. Uh, it, was, it was called Edge of Tomorrow. And again, Tom Cruise this time, because he's apparently a good alien fighter. Uh, he he gets uh, he gets pulled into this alien weapon that makes the day repeat. Now they use this weapon to win every battle they fight against us, and they first arrive in kind of like Eastern Europe, and they're these liquid metal kind of animalistic uh, sort of uh, they're very brutal and violent creatures. They uh, they are able to repeat the day over and over until they get it right, and so we can never win until the uh, was it the Angel of Versailles, 
one of the humans gets uh, pulled into their time loop and is able to learn as well. So she's able to learn how to overcome this enemy until she's pulled out of it. Tom Cruise ends up in the same loop, living, reliving the day, same day over and over again, getting killed multiple times, uh, you know, numerous, numerous times, and having to learn how to become a warrior. He goes from uh, being a bit of a coward to becoming a master of our weaponry, understanding why we're fighting, and taking the fight to these freakish, uh, you know, metallic creatures that have no right to be here. And so that was an interesting whole kind of a, kind of a character arc and everything else. Um, again, we win, but it's, it's real close, and there's a, immense potential there if we hadn't lucked out that these creatures would have just steamrolled us, right? So... Now that uh, that particular film, I also thought was interesting because it parallels some of the imagery from uh, a book in 1974 by a Joe Halderman called *The Forever War*, where we actually venture out into space and we encounter these creatures and we exchange fire with them, and it's, it's almost it's very very technical. Um, it's almost like. Uh, it's almost like submarines or something. It's uh, There's a lot of time dilation stuff. There's the hazards of actually engaging in combat in uh, in outer space, right? How vulnerable you're, you are in your spacesuit and that kind of thing. And what the effects of combat in outer space actually would be like. And uh, it's very interesting, and we might need to, you know, I urge you to take a look at that and you know, prepare yourself for what could come when we actually venture further out and we may have to battle some of these hostile species because they've already come here, you know? Um, sometimes, and I'm not sure why this is, I'm going to pivot a little bit here. I'm not sure why this is, but sometimes it seems like these creatures attack and they're like ridiculous. They're, they're, they're absurd kind of like funny, uh, creatures and and i'm not quite sure why they would perpetrate their invasions these way this way but uh you had mars attacks now in a shocking parallel with uh the collapse of with the collapse of the celebrity economy uh given this current uh this most recent election just dozens and dozens of famous celebrities are all are all vaporized by the martians this time they didn't arrive in tripods, they just have flying saucers. Maybe they upped their technology, I'm not sure. Uh, but they all wore glass domes over their heads. So maybe they did learn to not breathe our air and get sick. Just a thought. But uh, yeah, they just are vaporizing celebrities left and right. And um, it's, I mean, it, it may be that they were in league with Donald Trump. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Uh, I'm not. I'm not verifying that. I'm just reporting it. So, in another instance, uh, again, a small town invaded by uh, these monsters, and it's only a small group of you know brave young Americans who are able to defeat them. Killer clowns from outer space. They are actually like uh, growing more clowns in these cotton candy cocoons, and they are nightmarish terrifying clowns 
and they're aliens. And I mean, this is ridiculous, but it is terrifying. It is effective, right? And who knows? I mean, what 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 is going on out there? We could have all kinds of goofy aliens out there. Uh, Spaced Invaders from 1990, the story again of uh, some of these little green men. They arrive on Earth, they have ill intentions, but after encountering a young girl, and it's Halloween, right? So everyone just thinks that they're little kids in costumes because they're very small. Uh, They learn about fun, and they learn about Earth, and they learn about how great we are, right? And they choose to take another path because they've been influenced by the uh you know by the experience of being on earth they learn about compassion and friendship and everything from from a young girl right how fitting is that uh but there's a threat there again right threat of domination now in one instance and in one instance the earth literally just gets vaporized just zapped uh douglas adams uh i'm not sure how he did this through some kind of transubstantiation but he documented this occurrence uh the earth is in the way of an intergalactic uh expressway we were notified uh many many decades ago and we just had to send an envoy to a central office and you know lodge a complaint that we don't want our planet destroyed to make way for this expressway we neglected to do that so uh a giant uh, demolition company uh, comes and destroys the earth just because you know we were we we had all the time in the world to send an envoy and we didn't do it so they just wiped us out now again there's almost no malice it's just business you know uh but it, it is the complete destruction of the entire earth and everybody and everybody on it. And, and one of the real unfortunate things is right at the very last second, a young lady had actually discovered the meaning of life. She had the full realization of what the true meaning of life was. And then poof, vaporized. So again i you know i'm here now and you're listening to me so this must have occurred in some kind of alternate reality i'm not quite sure but then again that threat is very real we could just fall victim to some kind of horrific uh alien intergalactic uh bureaucracy right it might not even be malicious it might not even really be violent they just move us out of the way Ugh, we're so unprepared for these things anyways moving forward it's not again always the the just the destruction of the earth and it's not always uh funny. You have the day of the triffids. Now, this is again a story about human human beings overcoming opposition because the day of the triffids documents how uh these creatures blind everybody on earth, right? Well, most people anyway. And they have to adapt to this new world where basically everybody's blind and we're trying to figure out a way to treat the blindness and people are kind of grouping together and you've got maybe people who can see leading other people who can't see around and trying to make make society work. And this has a connection to the uh, uh, Visions of the Apocalypse episode Pandemic, uh, the, the movie Blindness which explores this uh, as a, a sort of like a potentially like a disease where everybody just starts going blind, driving a car, go blind, crash the car, 
planes crashing. Uh, people just wandering the streets. They're starving to death. The society breaks down because people can't look around and see things because we're so vision-focused. Of course, it would make a perfect vector for uh, an alien species to invade us. Maybe, again, a chemical weapon. Maybe it's a part of their actual anatomy, as the Day of the Triffids uh, creatures were. But, um, again, another avenue for them to attack us by debilitating us. And then, even if we were somehow able to defeat them, or say they died of our diseases again, everybody's still blind. Now we got a whole new situation that we have to deal with, right? Anyways, Day of the Triffids. And again... Visions of the Apocalypse, we're moving forward. We go from the individual encounters to the close calls to the grand scale, the widespread destruction to kind of a barren, lifeless planet with just the thinnest film of human life left. And again, often Americans, don't ask me why. Maybe some kind of exceptionalism. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Now, this is a strange kind of cartoon um, where, again, Donald Sutherland, um, the voice of Donald Sutherland, is uh, a scientist. And he figures out that there's a spiritual, a soul kind of uh, substance inside people. But we learn about this because an, an asteroid crashes to Earth and it has alien ghosts inside of it. These aliens were having a war with each other, and so they have these tortured souls, and they just drift across the earth, and they're oblivious to us being there, so they just wipe us out left and right without necessarily meaning to. Some of them mean to, but some of them don't. And we have to wear special goggles to see them. We have a few special cities that have energy shields around them, and we're in a race against time to try and find living things that have survived this, uh, that have survived this calamity of these creatures just constantly killing life everywhere they go. And it's up to a young lady and again, a stalwart group of, uh, of soldiers to save the day. And the answer might not be what you're necessarily thinking it is. Uh, but again, these are invisible creatures and, it just that that threat is is a little unorthodox, but that's uh, it. It shows the devastation and the what the Earth looks like when you've wiped out, you know, ninety five percent of the population, something like that. So moving forward again to the full barrenness, you have uh, again Tom Cruise is is forced to take up arms once again uh, in the film Oblivion. Now. This 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 documentary is more. It's uh, again kind of like they live. Uh, you have this sense that everything is a certain way. Wham bam! It's actually not. It's actually the complete opposite. Uh, the scavengers, as they're called, the scavs, uh, had invaded the earth, and. Had we had rendered it uninhabitable with nuclear weapons fighting them, humanity had started to escape, and we were going to one of the moons of uh, of Jupiter. And Tom Cruise and his uh, lady friend are meant to stay behind and run these water processing plants so that we could have fuel to launch more ships. And 
they have a, sp a direct mission that they have to maintain these uh, robotic probes. But uh, things are not always as they seem, especially in the post-apocalypse. And the, the alien threat may not be what you think it is. Hmm. Something to think about. We, again, can maybe be our own worst enemy. So, moving forward to, again, full-on destruction. There's almost nothing left. Battlefield Earth. Now, a lot of people discount this one, and they just they say that it's it's just garbage and it's you know not factual at all. I happen to find that it's very compelling, and it's it's uh, maybe it's I'm the only one. It's just me and a handful of other people who like the Postman or Waterworld. I like I like Battlefield Earth. Uh, it has some strange stuff in it. It's it's a little confusing, but. Uh, this story um, is it borrows heavily from "By the Waters of Babylon" from 1937. Now, this uh, story depicts a young man who's living in the post-apocalypse after returning to kind of a, a caveman-like state. Uh, the cities of our time, the modern cities, have decayed into ruins and are rumored to be haunted. Uh, by evil spirits and that kind of thing. And you just never go there until he gets the bravery, the boldness to go and uncover what's going on, right? They hide in the mountains from these monsters that none of them have ever seen. And he finds that the legends are true, that there are monsters. And it has been like thousands of years since these alien creatures arrived and began to, you know, a holocaust on humanity. And he has to climb up an immense ladder of knowledge to um, arrive at a point where he's even able to formulate a plan for humanity to strike back. And what we learn is that it's not necessarily just humanity that is humanity that is under the domination of these creatures, but it, that these creatures have immense influence on many different worlds, and they are hated by other, other entire species hate them. We assume our rightful destiny. Again, we've shown that we're good warriors when it comes down to it. We take the fight to them from complete obscurity and almost complete uh, extinction. And we defeat this overwhelmingly powerful enemy. The book was far more detailed than the film that I was talking about. But uh, the, uh, the chronicle itself is very inspiring, right? Although apparently the... Uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard went on to create some kind of goofy religious cult or something. Uh, it's very strange. That also incorporated aliens and, and everything into it, but, you know, I'm not here to talk about that. So we're moving forward here. One, one more that, that shows, it actually depicts the complete destruction of the Earth and nearly the complete destruction of the human species. And that is Titan A.E. Now, again, this must be a cartoon rep, uh, recreation of the events. Uh, the What are they called? Zerg? Zodj? They, uh, they have, I guess, a hatred of humanity. I'm not quite sure why they were attacking us. But they wipe out the Earth and only 
we have a massive uh, evacuation and exodus from the earth and now humanity with no home world because the earth's completely destroyed uh the humans roam the outskirts of the galaxy uh doing ma cheap manual labor living on space stations uh you know and no respect from other species because we don't even have a home world we're scattered and thin on the ground it pushes humanity nearly to the breaking point until maybe a secret project that was launched at the very last second the titan project uh launched to an unknown destination somewhere in the galaxy might hold the key to um restoring our home world and reuniting humanity and giving us a future and again and and this time there are al allied aliens with our, our human hero he has a lot of stuff to do he does a very good job combating the alien menace you've got collaborators with the aliens uh you've got friendly aliens i don't know how friendly they are i don't know if you how much you can trust them but they they did do well they gave it their all and the ultimate lesson here is that uh you know, space is really big, and there can be a lot of different things out there. And we should remain open to the potential that there are these magnanimous uh, creatures that have our best interests at heart. Um, they have come sometimes to teach us lessons. You had the, uh, the, the film The Abyss, which uh, documents a bunch of humans going down deep to salvage a uh, submarine and in the depths of the ocean which of course the our oceans are huge and this film was created by james cameron who has documented multiple different alien species uh, he's very renowned for this uh in the depths of the ocean we encounter these creatures who are very adept you know at manipulating water they apparently come from a world like much like ours but there's a lot of water and what they are what they show humanity is they they kind of threaten us right they kind of threaten us and they attempt to flood the world they create massive tidal waves tidal waves that would wash away everything on all of the continents biblical level of destruction except for the fact that they observe us and our compassion for one another and that they know we are compassionate beings and that we then have the capacity to learn and if we have the capacity to learn and put down our weapons and put away childish things then we can we can move forward and we can kind of be part of a galactic civilization right and this is the same as uh, the day the earth stood still, where we are invited, kind of under threat. <laughs> we are invited by an extraterrestrial to join this, uh, you know, to join the rest of the galaxy, uh, join the alien, the other alien species, if we can show that we have learned. And... There's again another another couple stories here where we we venture out into outer space and it's not necessarily clear because again 
we could come become the invaders, lest we, you know, be too bold if we move too quickly. We could encroach on some other species' territory. Uh, starship troopers. Again, uh, you could say that they attacked us with asteroids, so you go back to the Astral Impact episode of Visions of the Apocalypse to, you know, see about that, the effects that might have. But what sparked the fight? Who knows? But we may be the ones that are, you know, marauding through outer space, going to war with with these alien species, and be the ones that are expanding ever outward, ever, ever outward, right? It might be a hard fight. It might be like Klandathu, where we lose 100,000 brave men and women in a single hour, right? But we eventually will overwhelm them, we'll overcome them, right? Uh, but is it, again, is it a, just pure human aggression? Or is there something more that we're doing when we travel out to the stars and engage in warfare with these alien creatures? Now, there's again another another morality tale here from uh, the, the book and film Ender's Game. Now, Ender's Game... I won't I won't give away the ending because I think it's an important kind of a moral journey. But similar to what I was just saying, it's that if the aliens don't understand us and we don't understand them, how can we determine each other's intentions? And how can you know whether or not another species is even intelligent, whether they have compassion whether they have emotions whether they have consciousness how can you determine whether it's possible to coexist with them uh what it is you might be able to cooperate on you know maybe they're fleeing something that's more terrifying than they are right just don't know right we, we need to be careful in our assessments of these uh of these aliens and Try to be fair, although many of them have shown immense levels of hostility. Again, sometimes it might just be a complete lack of communication. Uh, and that's, in some sense, our responsibility. We need to learn how to communicate with them. Because they might not be expecting that. That might be the greatest weapon we have. Is our ability to communicate with their minds and their intelligences and demonstrate that we are intelligent as well that might be a good first step and that we can cooperate and we can benefit from this kind of a relationship rather than regarding each other with fear and paranoia and terror so thank you for listening to the kyle style podcast Episode number 70, Visions of the Apocalypse, The Alien Menace. Uh, please view the, the playlist of all of the documentaries that I talked about here. I'll try to include links to all the books that, uh, that have documented these, uh, these often horrific in invasions from some of these nightmarish uh, intergalactic terrors. And... Stretch your playlist out, you know? Try try, try out some new films. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting some of these on this list to be as good as they are, because I had to do some homework on these. Some of them are very, very good. Even if they're old, some of them are great. 
go back to some of the very first stories, uh, War of the Worlds, the original book. Read it. Um, it's got a lot of great stuff in it. So we are, again, winding down here. I'm, I'm really, I kind of only have one more episode to cover some visions of the apocalypse. Uh, it's, that's it. I mean, kind of, kind of covered everything. And I might do like a recap episode uh, just to kind of touch base on some of this stuff again. Again, I wanted to finish this series up before I move on to some other things. I've been slacking for the last, like, almost two weeks now, and I apologize for that, because my contributors have contributed, and the whole world is waiting with bated breath for the next episode of the Kyle Style Podcast, and I don't want to let you down. So, redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design. I will hopefully have some new designs up maybe this week if I can muster the strength. We'll see. Uh, buy some of my original artwork on phone cases and shirts and prints and all that fun stuff. Go over to the GoFundMe page. Throw me a couple dollars. Follow me on Twitter. It's at KStylePodcast. I'm on Instagram. It's Kyle underscore style underscore podcast. Uh, what else? Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, of course, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, what else? I Again, I recommend Podcast Addict. I swear it's the best way to listen to podcasts that i found you have all these other services and things and just blah um podcast addict the only problem with podcast addict is it doesn't allow you to uh, leave comments and reviews i would appreciate if you just leave a rating or comment or a view any amount of sharing hit me up on twitter tell me you think i sound like a fat tongue mongoloid whatever it is right just uh yeah yeah let me drop me a line let me know what's going on you got an idea for an episode you know, wing it at me. I'm, I'm all ears if it's not, like, get a PhD and solve cold fusion, right? I'm not going to do that as a podcast episode. Uh, but, yeah, Visions of the Apocalypse, the alien menace. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.